Hey, it's good to be back with you, and thank you for tuning in with us. And just want to go ahead and get uh, cut to the chase here a little bit. We are trying to film this, and uh, power went out, and we've got door open, and we've got windows open, and we're just trying to make the best of it and uh, present this to you. So just overlook um, a lot of technical stuff that we're not able to do. We're just going to give you the best we can today. We're going to be looking at Philippians 4.8. And we're going to be doing that all through uh, Lent. Uh, there are eight different sections of that, and we're going to be using those uh, to challenge you every week. And today we're going to be handling uh, whatever is true. Uh, I'm using Philippians 4, 8, because in an earlier sermon we uh, used Philippians 4 just in responding to the pandemic and the longevity of it and we were telling you that in Philippians 4, Paul tells you to pray, and then he tells you to think on these things. And so we've broken these down to where we're going to give you a weekly challenge during Lent. Remember, during Lent, you are praying and fasting and practicing generosity. Uh, so today, uh, we're going to be focusing on Paul asking us to dwell on whatever things, uh, whatever things that are true, those that are true. Uh, one man wrote, to focus on the truth is to focus on Jesus. And uh, I agree with that line incredibly well and heavily connect with it. Uh, but isn't that the task anyway? I mean, that's the task of our whole life. You read it all the time. Fix your eyes on the Lord. Focus on Jesus. Uh, so no matter what year it is or what situation you're going through, it still is the fact that you put your, your focus on the Lord. I want you to look at John 1, 1 through 3, and we're going to be talking about Jesus being the Word, uh, the Word of God, and you're going to find this a little strange in the beginning, the topic of whatever, thinking on things that are true. And uh, I'll show you how that blends together at the very end, but let's just begin here. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He he was with God in the beginning, and all things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. Uh, the, the word here is Jesus himself. It is a word that, uh, the Greek word is logos. In fact, uh, uh, Logan and I have a software that we use in our, on our computers to be able to study. It's like our library, and it's called logos, meaning the word of God. And it is, uh, it is a reference to, to Jesus. Like, uh, and, and where we're going to get to is that you're going, well, what, what about the, the written word? Isn't that true? Absolutely. It's logos. It's who it is. It's still pointing to Jesus. Look on verse two. Uh, verse one says that he, the, in the beginning was the word of God. And then in verse two, it says he was with God. And then in verse three, it says all things were created through him, the personal pronoun of describing Jesus. Um, Jesus, this will help you out, is the living word of God. He's the living word of God. He is the spoken word of creation. And you're going to see it here. I just read it to you. All things are made and created through him. You're going to see that again in a moment. And he is the written word. So he is the living word, the spoken word, and he is the written word. The living word being in the flesh spoken word of creation, and then the written word of what we have in Scripture today. And we fix our eyes on Him. E even though there are two other persons, the Father 
and the Spirit, the, the focus of both of them is to put our focus on the Lord Jesus. So what does this have to do with Paul saying, uh, whatever is true, dwell on this? What does that have anything to do with it? Um, because I said I've been dealing with the Word, and it points to Jesus. What does that have to do with Paul saying, dwell on the truth? John 14, 6, Jesus said this to the disciples. Uh, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Uh, when he says, I am truth, he didn't say what I say is true, even though it is. He referred to himself, I am truth. The, the picture is uh, that truth is a person, is a person. Uh, are his words true? Absolutely. What he says, creation true? Absolutely. Is the written word true? Absolutely. So truth is not a concept, it's not a philosophy, it's not an idea, and it's not a theory. It is ultimate truth, and the central focus in being is Jesus himself. I, I want to prove that to you in John 8, and we're going to begin with verse 32. Jesus teaches this here. He says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And then he goes down in verse 36, and instead of using the word truth, he uses the word son, which is a re reference to himself. So in 32 is, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Verse 36 is, therefore, if the son sets you free, you will really, really be free. Do you see where Jesus interchanges the word son and truth together in reference to himself? Uh, we, we realize the picture here that truth is a person, and that's what he's saying here. Um, if you're going to have a full understanding of life and your purpose and your mission, you, you're only going to find that through Jesus. Uh, that's the only way it's going to happen. Everything else becomes confusing. Like, you, you'll, you'll live life and you'll go, well, why can't other people see this? Why can't they understand it? Well, it could be that they're looking through the lens of the world and you're looking through the, the your worldview world is through Christ himself. When you get an understanding of Jesus and a surrender to Jesus, you have a greater understanding about your own life. Why can't others see this? It could be disobedience. When you're disobedient, you're disconnected. You're gonna feel rejected, left out, uh, alienated, isolated, all those things. And it could be the fact that Jesus just Really, there's a lack of conversion uh, in your surrender to Christ himself. And so if I'm going to understand my own life and my purpose in life, then my focus has to be on Christ. Why? Because he is truth, and the truth just comes to the surface of why I'm even here, why I was even born. Uh, Colossians 1, 15 through 20 is one of my favorite listings of the identity of Jesus uh, that you can have all in one place. And I'm going to begin with Colossians 1 and verse 15. I want to read it to you. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, invisible, uh, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. 
For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile everything to himself by making peace through the blood of his cross. In all that, he's holding everything together. He's behind creation. He is He is God's seal of approval. Jesus is. He's everything to that. You've just got to be able to see and recognize he is the fulfillment. He's the fulfillment of the Old Testament. He's everything to that. He is truth. Truth is, are his words spoken and written, creation spoken and existing, and Jesus is the living word of God. He is truth. Truth is a person. Look at Ephesians 4.21 really neat verse for you. It says, uh, assuming you heard about him and were taught by him because the truth is in Jesus himself. I, I just wanted you to see that truth is not a concept or a philosophy. It breaks down in the reality that it really, that truth really is the person and it is the person of Christ himself. <clears throat> I've been giving you a lot of verses that have the word truth in them. And uh, we're going to get into a teaching mode here, into a preaching mode. And here in a moment, I'm going to get in a major preaching mode. But um, it is the word truth uh, that I've used in these verses is the word aletheia. Um, And it means not hidden or not concealed. It really means that it's lived out. It's real. It's public. uh, you, you may even know the song with our with our nation. It says, and the truth goes marching on, on with Christian soldiers and all that. It's talking about it can't be stopped and it, it's not hidden, it's not concealed, it's lived out. <clears throat> I, I want to remind you that a life of sin is dark and deceptive and secret and hidden. It's hidden. If anybody knows about it, it's probably only to a few. And if it is to a few, it's probably those who venture into it with you. Uh, It happens that way. But truth is a picture of life that's not covered up. Life that is not covered up. When we deal with Lent, starting on uh, Thursday the 18th, Ash Wednesday the 17th is the day of marking and uh, blessing. And then Thursday begins, uh, the 18th, begins our journey all the way till April the 4th of uh, fasting and praying and practicing generosity with Lent. But during Lent, you and I are focusing on the sacrifice of Christ. And not only that, we're going to be focusing on the resurrection of Christ. We've already given you the platform and the foundation that truth is a person. Are his words true? Yes. Is creation true? Yes. He's the living word, the spoken word, and the written word. That's why I started off in John 1 with, he is the word of God. He is the word. I did that for a reason so that you would be able to see that. And I'm going to show you more of that reason here in just a moment as we finish up. So if if truth is a person, which I believe it is, then do you understand how important the resurrection is and how it had to happen? One reason it had to happen is the grave and death cannot cover up the truth being the person of Christ. Do you see that? He is truth. So death can't keep hold of him. The grave can't keep him covered up. Why? Because truth is not hidden. 
It's not concealed. It is absolutely exposed. And I, I just want to give it to you in a, in a good old boy practical way. And that is you, you can't cover up Jesus and you can't cover up the truth. You can't throw dirt on him and hide him. Why? Because he's truth and truth will absolutely endure, persevere, and will raise from the dead. The death, death and the grave will not be able to contain him or hold him. I want to bring all this together for you just in a moment with, around truth. And then I'm going to give you a challenge. I want you to look at Revelation 19, 11 through 16. And I want to read it to you. And I pray that you mark it and you just read it even this week. And uh, this, is, this is John's declaration of what he's allowed to see and know. Uh, then, then I saw heaven opened and there was a white horse. Its rider is called Faithful and, say it with me, True. There's the same Greek word that's in any of the verses that I've used today. Uh, its rider is called Faithful and True. And he judges and makes war in righteousness. His eyes uh, were, were like a fiery flame and many crowns were on his head. He had a name written uh, that no one knows except him. He wore a robe stained with blood, and his name is the Word of God. Now, do you see why I started with the Word of God? Because the very ending of it is he's recognized as the Word of God. His name is the Word of God. The, the armies that were in heaven followed him on white horses, wearing pure white linen. A sharp sword came out of his mouth. There's the spoken word, you know, we're talking about. Um, so that he might strike the nations with it. He will shepherd them with an iron scepter. He will also trample the winepress and of the fierce anger of God, the Almighty. And he has a name written on his robe and on his thigh, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Do you see all that? Everything I've given you, I've outlined to you from the Word of God to truth being a person to the very picture of death and the grave could not hold him because it can't be, truth can't be contained in that substance. It can't do it. And he returns. He is known and called the one who is faithful and true. That's who he is. He is the word of God. He is the king of kings. And he is the Lord of lords. I don't know if I have some ancestry that's Pentecostal or not, but I want to tell you it's getting ready to come out. You know, our Lord is going to return with this incredible picture of, of righting what is wrong and making even what has been odd all this time of his life. He will do it justly, uh, which is one of the other topics we're going to be thinking on during Lent as well. So John 3.30 is a picture of Lent, all, the whole season of Lent, uh, really our whole life, but our whole season of Lent, praying and fasting and being generous. And remember, it says, he must increase, but I must decrease. And with him increasing, it doesn't mean that he's bigger than what he is. He's already great. We don't, our belief in him doesn't make him any larger. It is the fact that I have to humble myself and realize he is the picture of truth. Truth is what perseveres in every bit of this. So uh, as we approach Lent, uh, we are just coming out of a weather system. We're taping this on Friday. Please remember it's dark in here. Emergency lights are on uh, because the, 
the electricity went out here and even in our worship center. So we've got things to do between now and uh, even as you are seeing this on Sunday. Uh, I want to be able to give this to you and help you out with this. You're praying, you're fasting, and you're being generous. And it is all the time to focus on Jesus himself and to focus on the truth. Ash Wednesday is the 17th. Uh, I'm going to ask you to lead your homes in marking. Now, I was raised Southern Baptist, and uh, we didn't practice Lent or Advent. Here at Hope Church, we've been doing it for years. <clears throat> we're not, it looks like we're getting another storm. Uh, I'd say school's not going to happen probably most of the week this next week uh, with everything headed that way. But I'm asking you at home to do the markings yourself. You can uh, you, you make ash. You may want to get some paper, small paper, and write on there what the Lord has delivered you from. And it doesn't mean the other person has to see it. And then burn it. Burn it safely. Go outside and burn it somewhere and get the ashes. And then mix it with some olive oil or whatever oil you have available. We just make do and mix it together and then use it to be able to mark each other. And here's what you say when you mark. You put the, you, you, you put the way of the cross, the signing of the cross on the forehead, and you go repent and believe the gospel. That marking becomes a season time of focusing deeper than you normally do of prayer and fasting and absolutely practicing generosity. And then you may want to give a blessing if you're doing this at home or with friends or your family. And that is Romans 15, 13, my favorite blessing of all blessings. You can go there and then give a blessing on top of it. Remember that you begin your praying and your fasting and your uh, your, your acts of generosity on Thursday, but then Wednesday becomes a day of marking. Repent and believe the gospel, and then give them the blessings of Romans 15, 13, if you will. Now, as you live this week, here's the challenge. When you see people living in the truth, now I don't mean political truth. I don't mean that, depending on what side you are. I don't mean that at all. When you see them living under the truth of Christ, you're going to see them as people who live with integrity and character, and they're dependable. That's what the word truth can even mean. Uh, you're dependable, and you see that, and you know they're living. They're living with the uh, under, under the leadership of Jesus Himself. When you see that, call it out, call it out, and reckon and brag on them, and say, "Listen, I see Christ Himself living through you." And then not only that, have spiritual conversations that really talk about Jesus being the truth. That truth is not a concept, not a philosophy, not a theory or an idea. It is a person, and it is the very person of Christ. Go out this week, if you will. Have those conversations, and when you see people who live in the truth, call them out on them and thank them, and let them see that. Brag on them about it, and just bless them with you noticing the truth of Christ being in their life. This is what we say uh, thanks for putting up with this. It's not professionally done, but it's done, okay? And just remember what we say. We say that I love you, and then remember we say grace and peace uh, live in both of them, okay? God bless you.